the Augustin Hozinga Show with your host Augustin Hozinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Welcome back. Another episode of the Agostino Zinger Show with I, your host, Agostino Zinger, and I hope you're doing well wherever this podcast may find you. I hope you are doing swimmingly. How am I? You know how it is. All good, all things considered. It could be better, but I think I'm doing well. I think I'm doing swimmingly. Today, today has been a wild one. Um, I stepped outside for a couple of minutes to go pick up some flipping bits and pieces for my dinner. And the first thing that struck me, guess what? It's absolutely cold out there. It's really, really, really cold out there. Like to the point where I was thinking to myself, wow, I can't believe there were times where I'll be outside of clubs queuing for fucking hours and hours and hours waiting to see if I'd get selected to go inside. Not waiting to go inside, waiting to see if I get selected to go inside and now just nip into the shops nip into the local Tesco Express limp into the little nip into Marks and Spencers go into flipping Audi go into Poundland go into Pound Stretchers go into Boots whatever it may be which is only what a 20 minute walk 15 minute walk my hands and toes and fingers are already chapping I'm like oh my god I can't wait to go home so I've already turned into somebody that I thought I'd never turned into tears in the chat for me but one thing I was thinking about that is fairly evident and I kind of had a realization about it today is this I think I speak more about going out and more about clubs than I do actually going to them I've reached that conclusion I've reached a conclusion where I've started to realize I think I speak about these things more than I actually do them <laughs> yeah I might do the odd live stream online and stuff but I think I talk about clubbing more than I actually go to clubs so I'm wondering am I getting to the point now I'm getting over it am I getting to the point when I'm getting over it because I'm not talking about these things more than I'm doing them am I becoming the poser that I you know that I kind of abhor am I becoming the fucking that guy that just like ran exactly Monday morning quarterback in the clubs am I is that, is that what I'm doing I feel really sad and really, you know, um, it's a sad realization, obviously, that this is happening in real time. But I did kind of get that feeling recently. And I think only in the recent few years, especially since I've been doing the pod and I've been talking to a few people online, that I've kind of, again, this sounds really naive and it sounds like I'm very sheltered, which I am. And I'm in my own bubble, which I clearly am. But I honestly only started to realize since I've been doing the stream more often and been doing the podcast more often that there are adults out there, there are people out there in a similar sort of age bracket as i am who don't go out that's just not what they do they don't enjoy going to clubs they don't enjoy going outside they just don't whereas my whole entire life was around revolved somewhat around raving and getting fucked up and djing and all that malarkey but there are people who are sometimes even way younger than i am who have no interest of going to a nightclub it's the it's one of the biggest turnoffs for them ever and i couldn't get my head around i was like hold on there are people that exist that don't like going to clubs i was like huh that's strange 
only from doing the pod that I kind of realized that, oh shit, there's a whole, there's a whole world of people out there (laughs) who don't like that shit. I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. But then just the other day, I also got the feeling like a lot of people are maybe getting over, I don't want to say getting over it, but I get the feeling that people are kind of over it. I don't know why. There's a feeling in the air at the moment. Again, if you're associated with the scene in London, if you're associated with the scene in Berlin, in Amsterdam, um, you know, in other parts of the world, maybe you feel the same, but I feel like there's a, there's a feeling, there's a malaise in the air where people are kind of over it because just the other day, I was speaking to somebody and I kind of got the feeling like I was being soft broken up with in terms of raving partner or buddy or potential raving partner or buddy. I felt like I was getting a, I was getting the soft kind of like letting down of like, Hey, this isn't going to happen anytime soon. This isn't my vibe. I'm not really feeling like, you know, going down this kind of route or this kind of lane. I'm on this other wave. I kind of got the feeling I kind of got broken up with in terms of a raving buddy the other day. And I'm thinking to myself, Hmm. I wonder if it's me not being a great um um a great companion that could be possible or it could be the fact that maybe people around me are just maybe people around me are just over it and I have to kind of wake up quickly and realize that that's the case otherwise things could get really dicey really quickly but that's what's happening in real time at the moment um I'm starting to realize now that maybe I'm becoming that guy that talks about clubbing more than they actually go to an actual club, which is kind of sad to be fair. But hey, I guess you kind of have to get it how you get it. But obviously, in the next couple of months, that will change. Um, in March, there is a plan for me to go to Berlin or Berlin, obviously, in March. Um, so I'm looking forward um, to doing that. And obviously, I'm reporting on that live on this flipping pod, obviously, with my review and shit. Um, it's not going to be as debauched and unhinged as my previous times, though. Like, I think the times of me going there and going to absolutely get my face absolutely smashed into pieces has completely disappeared. If anything, I'm there for the culture, I'm there for the food. I'm there for the vibes and just to kind of banter in the pubs and bars that's something you don't really get too much in london i feel like for whatever reason and i know what the reason is because people here work too much i don't know if it's the same in your city but because people in london work really really hard and you know they're working all around the clock and sometimes you have to work two jobs to keep a fucking roof over your head when you do meet your friends or you know your colleagues or something that you want to catch up with or your family members in a pub or a bar um, the last thing you want is for a random like me to turn up and start like you know getting involved in your chat and start joining your circle you want to catch up with your actual friends people you actually know so there's less spontaneity because people are time pressed and the press that they, the time that they do have available they want to talk to people that they actually know they don't want to talk to strangers but when you go abroad or i think when i go abroad especially when i go to places like berlin and stuff you see there's a lot more people are a lot more laid back um, there's a lot more spontaneity you can sometimes end up talking to random groups of people who then could recommend you other places to go or you end up befriending them you end up hanging out with them the whole night maybe doing afters and stuff so all that sort of fun stuff is really cool and that doesn't always need to be drink and drug induced it can just be like a chill place to hang out so i'm looking forward to doing that and and that being a thing going forward um because um you know you don't really get that sort of experience over here so i'm really really looking forward to it but uh, i think the times of me going out um you know in general and get absolutely railed have definitely gone it's just really sad and um yeah man i guess it kind of is what it is (laughs) i thought it was gonna last forever but i guess i'm turning into a guy especially now it's a saturday what it's saturday morning it's just approaching what 2 a.m here in the uk it's about 1 47 a.m on sunday morning 
in days gone by i would be in the toilet somewhere of a nightclub you know absolutely get my face absolutely railed you know dropping whatever i'm dropping on my tongue um you know face covered in fucking liqueur um you know t-shirt covered in stains of beer and stuff and just dancing my face off and land look at me i'm at home streaming recording a podcast and stuff and talking to strangers online you know that's the time that's what i'm doing with my time instead of being out there going absolutely crazy so i guess that is the you know it's the way of the beast i guess things kind of change in real time you have to kind of you know um, adjust to it and to be honest as well the last thing you want the and i think this is something i've kind of um used as a mantra for me i don't know about you guys if it's the same but i've always been this kind of person who's been I've kind of given myself this mantra or I've kind of given myself this like thing I keep in mind when I go out where it's like, I never want to be the last person at a fucking afters, you know? I never want to overstay my welcome at an after. That's what I mean. Sorry, no, last person. But yeah, you know what I mean. When you go to an afters, which is usually the you know somebody's house after the after party, I never want to be the last person there. You always want to be um, the person that kind of knows when to leave before you get asked to leave, and that's usually a talent in itself because it requires you to be somewhat present, somewhat aware of the situation and the environment that you're in, and move adjust and move accordingly. You can't be too loosey goosey. You can't be too reckless. You can't be get too lost in the source. You kind of have to keep your wits about you. So it's something that I've been kind of um, battling with and something I've kind of kept in the front of my brain for a while, right? So, so I'm really, really happy that's the case. But one thing that you don't want above that, which is more embarrassing, is that you don't want to be the fucking old dusty guy in the corner of the club. You know what I mean? And that's something that I realized I was starting to do when I started to recently go. I was starting to realize that I was starting to go when I went to clubs, I wasn't hanging out the front anymore like I used to. I wasn't right in the pit. I was at the back with my arms crossed, nodding away to the music, looking like a fucking fed. You know what I mean? Looking like a narc, looking like someone's dad, looking at someone's uncle in the back, just with my arms crossed, like nodding, enjoying the music with my one little beer, acting like an, looking like an absolute donut. So you don't want to be that guy um, forever and ever and ever. So maybe it's a good thing that it's happening, but um, it was kind of a bittersweet realization that number one, I got soft broken up with with somebody that I was um, assuming that I could be able to go party with. And it was a bit like, hey, I'm not like kind of got a signal that, like, you know, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in a vibe anymore. Your distraction, leave me alone, which is kind of, <laughs> which is kind of, uh, which is kind of ouchy because I don't even go out myself. Do you know what I mean? But the moment you say it, you sound like a weird, it was just, it's just odd because this is kind of always this undertone of like, I wouldn't say lifestyle shaming, but there's a weird undertone when it comes to people that party. It's almost as if like everything else around you in your life is also fucked up because you go raving. People just assume you're a fucking, you know, you're some sort of crackhead that just, you know, lives on the rave, lives for the rave every single day, which isn't the case, especially in London. Most people just, you know, go out on the weekends. They don't usually let it carry on in a week, but Hey, whatever it is, what it is. Um, so I got broke, I got self broken up with, and then I realized just the other day, I was like, you know what? I think I talk about raving more than I actually go to raves. I think I'm becoming a bit of a loser. But hey, what can you do? Talking about losers. Talking about losers. Have you guys seen this? This might be one of the most craziest bits of news I've seen in my entire life. Have you guys seen this? This is courtesy of um, No Jumper News, but I obviously found it on fucking the academic subreddit also, right? This is absolutely crazy. So this is courtesy of No Jumper. And it says here, Old Crime Stoppers report surfaces in Florida of police looking for underground rapper Little Boom for allegedly touching the backside of multiple people, including children. Hello? 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 Have you flipping heard of this? 
So if you don't, if you guys don't know, um, Little Boom is one of Academics' right-hand men. He's part of the chat niggers. If you know that whole group of people, basically it's kids and guys that are into academics and they, you know, they tune into his stream and shit. He calls them chat niggers. And he's one of the, you know, the leading voices of the chat nigger crew. And somebody found this news. Somebody found this flipping article, whatever it may be, that allegedly he was involved in this sort of nonsense where he was going to stores, a department store somewhere, I guess, and basically sexually assaulting random people, including fucking children. Can you imagine this? Let's go to the next slide. It says, so this is an old post from 2021 when it happened, right? Um, and I guess whatever area this is, this is, what area is this? This is somewhere in where? In Ocala. I don't know where that place is. Where's Ocala? Ocala is in Florida, I'm assuming, right? So this place called Ocala, the police department put out this post on Facebook. Um, can you identify um, this person? We need to help identifying this person of interest. We have seen um, walking around the inside of a Walmart located on Easy Street. Jesus, the name of the, the Walmart being on Easy Street and him doing what he did is a bit disgusting. Inside Walmart, he inappropriately touched the backside of multiple people, including children. He left in a red sedan, possibly a 2011 Chevrolet Impala. If you have any information about this individual, please call the officer um, Prather at the number attached. And if you look, scroll down, obviously in the next slide, you'll see a picture of the guy, Little Boom, walking in the shop with his toes out and his pajama pants, going into the store, deciding to randomly start touching up people and their bums and shit. Can you imagine? And then obviously in the comments, some of the mums and stuff are saying what the person allegedly did. Um, this is the same guy who followed me and my daughter around the whole store. Um, the person says here, to be honest, I don't know. We hurried and paid for what we had and we just left. He was acting absolutely weird. He had a buggy full of food and then left it down the aisle and then went to the other side of the store and was going down different aisles. So just acting sketchy. So one of, again, one of fucking academics' right-hand men has been accused of this. So it's been a pretty horrible week so far for academics. He had that really embarrassing thing where the, that girl called Shay, Shay Glizzy, um, Shay Ann, however her name is, um, this on and off girlfriend that's been a bane in his life, really. She's super toxic, but for some reason, Ak is madly in love with her also and he can't seem to let her go but she keeps exposing him and revealing crazy secrets about him and recently she was on live stream on the Instagram stories um, and he was in a very uncompromising position didn't look very flattering of him lying down on a chair somewhere not looking like a prize and then according to Ak according to Adam 22 and WAC 100 she allegedly sent WAC 100 a picture of Academics's dick and allegedly, according to Acad to Wack One Hundred and D Adam Twenty Two, Academics' dick is really small. It's almost like a micro penis. They're alleging, right? So I guess when they were beefing, when Cheyenne and Academics were going through some bad times, she decided to send this thing to Wack One Hundred. And obviously, Wack One Hundred being the you know the consummate um snake and the consummate um troublemaker that he is he kept a hold of that copy of that picture and now he's basically you know taunting academics about it and he hasn't responded yet or said anything about it but i'm sure academics must know by now that more than likely that picture that dick pic that his girl or his on and off girlfriend sent to whack was probably going to get out somewhere or the other so be please brace yourself please brace yourself you're probably going to see um academics is wee wee 
um, somewhere on social media very, very soon. Most unlikely. These guys are too chatty patty. They're way too gossipy. They're way too backstabby and snaky to keep it to themselves. Most likely you're going to see, um, you know, academics is tiny PP up close and personal. So that's the first thing about this little boom guy. Then there was an update regarding it also on here where 1090 Jake and little boom went back to back. Um, sorry, went um, back and forth regarding the whole affair. 1090 Jake responds to little boom allegations and in the tweet, in the caption here, in the next slide, you'll see what little, what he said to him. The caption's got what it says. And then obviously in the replies, Lil Boom said, this is cap, nigga. If this is true, I'd be on the fucking registry. And then 1090 Jake says, you sure about that? Because I'm assuming 1090 Jake may have the flipping documents about him, right? And there's obviously some video proof here of the documents of what that kind of Lil Boom guy did. And then I think we're going to get some actual um, information on what actually went down here. If we kind of scroll up, there might be some actual extra details if we can kind of spec it out. Bear with me a second. It's there. Here we go. So this is the paperwork. So again, the internet is horrible, right? Because when this stuff happens, um, there's loads of paperwork fiends out there. Um, the paperwork side of social media decides to just, you know, jump on it and say, hey, if this is true, especially if it involves kids, they're going to flip and dig it out. So a little boom kind of, you know, goaded people into saying it wasn't true. And now it's been proven that it mostly likely is true. And there's a police report around it. So this is a police report um, that you can see here. What's it say? If you zoom in a little bit, it says the arrest affidavit appearance form for Carla police. Um, it's got his name on there, right? His actual government name. It's got his date of birth, Florida. He's got his high, obviously everything there. And it's got the accusation, the, the assault, you know, the accusation, what do you call it? The, um, accusation, the assault, whatever the thing is here, the description, it says battery, um, two counts. Fucking hell, bro. And his bond was $2,000, allegedly. God damn. God damn. God damn. God damn. And it's got some other details as well regarding his name and whatnot. So clearly, something that he said wasn't a thing. I think he's assuming just because he didn't get put on a... That's a strange defense, isn't it? Imagine that's your defense against somebody accusing you of being a fucking you know uh, an abuser a diddler a fucking sexual assault or whatever it may be imagine your offense being but 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 they didn't put me in a sex offender register so it doesn't matter they didn't put me in a sex offender register so I, I didn't do it it's like that's some odd defense the fact that you have to the fact that you have to say that says everything about your current predicament to be completely honest um then in the next slide here we've got some more that's kind of describing a situation oh my god this is describing a situation is this the actual police statement is that from a victim or something? Who signed this at the bottom? Oh my God. So before me and the signed authority person appeared, who began dutifully swore alleges on the information behalf on the ninth on the nineteenth of the ninth twenty twenty one uh, approximately 16 59 hours i responded to walmart located on the street upon their arrival i was contacted by this person who advised his daughters were inappropriately touched so the dad is the one that called the police the dad called the police the dad called the police and said his daughters have been inappropriately touched he's lucky he didn't get his face broken to be fair because if i'm in a walmart and my little fucking princesses, my angels get touched by a guy that looks like that. I'm going fucking crazy. I'm going to, I'm the one going to prison. Do you know what I mean? I'm the one spending the night in jail, mate. Fuck that. I'm not calling the police. The police can get called for me fucking ripping this guy's face open. Like what? I made contact with the daughters, their names. Oh my God, bro. 
I made contact with the daughters Natasha Quivedo, 10 years old, and Brislin Molina, 70. Oh my God. Natasha Quivedo, 10 years old and 17 years old, who advised that they were in produce section with the rest of their family nearby. Natasha and Brislin advised the male that the male approached her and touched her butt with a grabbing motion. The male then continued to Brislin, where he then touched her butt with a grabbing motion and continued to walk away. This nigga's out here touching 10-year-olds. Nah, academics has to disown him. Academics, you have to disown him. You have to disavow this, man. You have to, you ha you have to kick him out of the chat, niggas. You have to fucking ban his account from your fucking server. You have to fucking kick him out. Oh my God. I did make contact with a witness, Robert Burton, who advised that he was shopping in the produce section. Robert advised that while shopping, he observed a male touching a young female, later identified as Brisleen in the butt. Robert explained that Brisleen looked up at the male and make eye contact with the male before the male finally walked away. The suspect was described as a tall black male, 20 to 30 years old, with Afro-style hair, wearing a long sleeve blue shirt and pyjama pants with Afro-style hair. <laughs> oh my God. Academics, man. The company you keep. Again, this isn't his fault. I understand. But academics, the company you keep. These are the same guys that get on fucking fresh and fit. Imagine. Keep this in mind. These are the same guys that get on fresh and fit. And they start barking. They start barking at these random OnlyFans girls and start shouting at them and the, you know, and the fucking, the, you know, whatever that fucking word is, right? Taking the fucking piss out of them, making them feel less than, questioning their fucking, you know, questioning their viability of their fucking occupation, all this sort of nonsense. But this is what they're doing. You got academics screaming at his one of his girls in that shopping mall, that epic fucking or the casino, that epic fucking clip of him screaming, I'm the prize. And one of his boys is doing this. One of your fucking right hand men, one of your codies, one of your fucking gang, gang, gang is out here touching fucking 10 year olds in Walmart. Nah, this guy's got to be fucking electrocuted. He's got to be hung. He's got to be lethal injected. He's got to be buried under a jail. Then when his body fucking rots, it's got to be dug up again and then thrown and scattered across the ocean. Honestly, this is disgusting, bro. Contact was made with the loss prevention, um, Robert, whatever, who allowed me to view the video surveillance. At 1439 hours, I observed red sedan, possibly a red Chevrolet Impala um, with the black rims entering the parking lot. And I then observed a, a BM a black man matching the previous description, I guess, of exit the vehicle. I then observed the approximately 16, 40 hours, a male of the produce section walking around. At this time, Bristol and Natasha were standing at the produce display, sectioning items. The male then approached Natasha from the rear, touched the butt area, which then, when Natasha, Natasha jumps away from the man, Natasha and Brisleen walk towards their mother, Sarah and the male proceeds to close to them. The male then turns around and walks towards Brisleen and proceeds to touch her butt area. The male walks away and walks through the grocery area and eventually goes back to the produce department. At approximately 1649, I observe the male approach an unknown black female wearing a brown shirt and pants from and... Um, it appears the male attempts to touch the, the woman's butt, but the female does not react. The female then walks towards forward steps and the male touches her butt again, which then the female turns around and stares at the male. I sh it, I, it, no it should be noted that I had not been able to contact this victim. So he touched the... No <laughs>
<laughs> Honestly, man, black guys are damn bad. He's not part. I'm not part of this contingent because these are American dudes. But this is really, really dodgy, man. This is so bad, man. Black boys are down really bad, man. We're down fucking a hundred and million points. This guy's out here touching ten year olds and random women in the fucking Walmart. Fuck, bro. This is such a fucking L. This is such a big L. This is such an L. Yikes. Next slide. Um, more police report here. There's more, more fucking, co- more conversation, more bits and pieces of his fucking nonsense. Upon arrival, I made contact with Darian Hester, who was an uncooperative and refused to provide any information. I made contact with Paul Myers, who is registered of owner of the Chevy Malibu, and also advised that she is Shannon Adams' mother. I asked Paula about Shannon using her vehicle and she acknowledged that Shannon took it to Walmart. Paula acknowledged the fact that Shannon is also known as Little Boom. <laughs> I then searched, of course his name is Shannon, isn't it? Of course his name is fucking Shannon. Um, I then searched in-house and located a telephone number for him. I made contact via telephone with the subject and identified um, themselves as Shannon. When I asked Shannon about the incident, he advised he was just shopping around. <laughs> and declined touching anyone shannon further advised that he was at walmart on sunday due to the fact that i was able to positively identify the suspect shannon admitted to being at walmart i believe there's probable cause for two counts of battery wow two counts of battery for that what an absolute psychopath so um obviously you know the proof is out there the evidence is out there it's hard to kind of argue against and i'm eager to see what academic says about it what does academic say about his right hand man getting caught um touching up children like what does he say what does he say about that because this is pretty disgusting i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie pretty disgusting but again not surprising because it's been a whole bunch of l's for academics recently um it's been non-stop l's and it's just getting worse and worse and worse for him really it really fucking is so um i guess maybe he has to fucking make it work and figure it out i don't know but if i was him i would fucking kick him out of the fucking chat niggas group for sure lil boom actually replied in the comments here what do he say here lil boom says this is so cap niggas if this was true i'd be on the fucking registry i fell off already bub you should start you should you tried to cap on me in like 2018 oh, you can't be talking that's weird defense i should be in a registry if i did what i did like bro like you can inappropriately touch people and not not appear on a sex offender register. It doesn't mean because you're not on a sex offender register that you're not a sex offender. You know, like I'm sure the sex offender registry is like a different type of thing. And the reasons why people get on it are kind of complex and varied. But I don't think just because you're not on it, it doesn't mean you not you didn't do it. That is a weird defense. But yeah, Academics' crew is really, really sus. And again, like I said previously, like I would wish that we would get to a place. I really do wish we'd get to a place where it became cool to know how to treat women well. Like not even like crazy having to do the whole roses and, you know, whatever nonsense, you know, super romantic thing you want to do with, you know, horse and carriage and flying people somewhere, whatever it may be. But just the, you know, just bring back into some level of popularity, just treating women like human beings and being kind of nice and, you know, being, I don't know, you know, having chivalry or some respect, right? Um, having some level of manners, being decent, opening doors, um, you know, letting them sit down first before you just kind of just being a good dude. Even if it just means you just want to beat, it doesn't mean because you want to beat that you have to kind of be a fucking piece of shit. Even if you want to just beat, just being a good dude about it, 
like making the experience nice and kind of um you know mutually beneficial not make the other person feel like a fucking whore or something and just going above and beyond to make sure the person has just as much of a good time as you do because this is what's you know because the opposite is all this shit the opposite is this guy pulling up to a walmart in his pajamas and open toe sandals touching 10 year olds and shit like really odd it really fucking is odd i really do wish that there was more more flipping um you know credence and more importance put towards just being a good dude it's all well and good you know running around beating randoms and stuff and thinking you're a bad boy but honestly why why can't we bring back you know guys just being nice like guys just being good dates guys just being good company all this sort of good stuff should be back into vogue as well instead of all this nonsense yo big up wingers dingus big up has big up the chat any chance of a bean cheese chop yeah 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 of course of course bean cheese bean cheese bean cheese bean cheese bean cheese bean cheese big up wingers mcdingus appreciate you brother of course man of course of course anytime look at the frame rate look at the frame rate look at the frame rate but yeah big up wingers mcdingus appreciate you brother <laughs> a bean cheese chop but yeah what can you do what can you flip and do um you know fucking hell horrendous like i said he should be thrown in the ocean he should be fucking hung from somewhere electrocuted all of that stuff and everything else in between i don't stand for that i don't like it that stuff is fucking gross nasty disgusting over it moving on um again another reminder that i would very much like there to be a a, a fucking pause a real collective pause and a stopping of these topics i'm tired of them i, d I understand this lady if i'm not mistaken this ohlone lady is a author and she writes books about relationships and sex and stuff so maybe this is right in her lane but i'm tired of this i'm really tired of these fucking conversations and these tweets and i really do hope from now on in 2024 this is the last time we see this shit so if you're not seeing it on the screen because it's a bit too flipping whatever but essentially she said here i'm asking this question because of a dilemma um i just received okay so if you're a if you're in a relationship is it wrong to share a bed with your best friend of the opposite sex like honestly is this what's actually going through your brain is this what's going through your brain is this what's going through your brain on a daily basis you just sit around thinking of these nonsense fucking topics are you not tired of these things do, are you not tired of thinking about this stuff on a daily basis who should pay for the first date should you split the bill um um should you get married before having should you have kids before getting married um if your boyfriend cheated on you would you take him back would you go for the how much money does a guy have to make because before he dates you how much money blah, blah, blah. should he buy you this blah, blah. it's like fucking hell it's boring these topics have been running to the ground i've had enough we all had enough we don't want to hear these conversations and these topics anymore they're all fucking boring brain dead birdie fucking you know beastie laddie dumb fucking double digit iq conversations they're all absolutely stupid but with that being said maybe i'm the one that's in maybe i'm the stupid one maybe i'm the exception because I think the majority of people, based on these people's views, if you go on certain channels and shit, you'll see certain channels that base their content around this sort of stuff. Their views are in the fucking hundreds of thousands, if not millions. And my views are in the single digit thousands, you know? So maybe, maybe 
they know what they're doing and I don't know what they're doing and I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe there is some genius to be had with recycling love, relationship and sex topics again and again and again ad nauseum. Big up Richie, I appreciate you. As can't wait to hear about the title wise for El Trash I got like five pieces from the collection for a price of a car but hey what do I know? <laughs> for the price of a car. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious i got my pieces for the price of a car what do i know big up richie man balling out of control yeah we're gonna get to that we're gonna fucking get to that don't you worry we're gonna get to that but big up richie i appreciate you bro um but yeah i don't know i just look at these topics and i think to myself like maybe i'm in the minority maybe i'm the person that's in the wrong here maybe i don't get it maybe i should jump on it because it's you know people want to hear and want to see that source up because like i said before the views like someone mentioned here the views on tiktok the views on youtube the views on instagram the engagement on different platforms when it comes to these topics is sky high clearly i'm the minority here but i honestly do think these topics aren't even that interesting they don't even ask interesting questions like this question he's asking is like dumb like what would you be okay with, like just reverse it and ask the, the, the person would you be okay with that would you be okay with your husband or your boyfriend telling you that he's sleeping over at his quote-unquote friend's house and she happens to be a really hot girl would that be okay with you and they're sleeping in the same bed would, would you be okay with that if you're okay with that then cool then he should be then you should be okay with him doing it whatever move on it's not that deep of a topic and also you don't need to bring all your fucking bedroom kind of debates and whatever it may be relationship stuff to the internet you know can we just like have that I think the the I think it's I blame Loveline. I blame Loveline. I blame all those papers that ask you to send in your questions about relationship because really and truly, like what what is it anyone's business? Like why do we care? Everyone's relationship is different. Everyone has different things that they tolerate and don't tolerate. Like why should we have to be subjected to your inner monologue when it comes to dating and fucking and stuff? You have to be like why? Why do we have to know about this stuff? Can you just leave us alone? Can you just sort it out on your own? Do you have to always fucking, you know, what you call it? Do you always have to flip in, you know, gather the fucking views of random people online before you make a decision? And isn't that a bit weird too? Imagine you're actually taking the relationship advice from people that you don't know online. Like some random people just are, are the ones suggesting you or telling you whether or not you should like divorce somebody, you know, get with somebody, move on to the next stage or something like what? Because like, what the hell is going on? What happened to just you being able to judge it for yourself? Because you're actually, guess what? In the fucking relationship. Why do you need to flip in, you know, why need to do a, um, a group project with strangers online regarding who you are laying with in your bed or who you decide to share your life with? Like it's no benefit to anybody out here. It really flipping isn't. It's so odd. Is like I, I just don't even understand the quite exactly. Young was saying that like, I don't get the question. I don't get the flipping question. I don't get the fucking question. Like, why would you want to like? Why would you want to do that anyway? Like, what does your friend not have another room? Does your friend not have a floor you can sleep on? Does your friend not have a couch? You just have to sleep in their bed. Well, what, like what? Like why? What? What is even this question? And what? What scenario even got you there anyway? Like, I don't know if this was me and I had a friend who wanted to stay over and they were a, a, a woman or something, I would just let them sleep in my bed and I'll sleep on the sofa. It's not that big of a deal, you know, like whatever. They need someone to crash, something happened. Hey, yeah, you can take my bed, no problem. I'll stay on the sofa, here's a towel, whatever. You have your privacy, do your thing and whatever. I'll be next door if you need me. Like it's not that big of a deal really, it isn't. 
Like, come on, bro. Like, what is all this shit? Like, what is this? Grown people too. Like, over the age of 25, you're basically an adult. Like, allow it, please. I've had enough. My brain hurts every time I hear this sort of stuff. I really don't understand what's going on. I really don't, man. Honestly, I really, really, really don't. I think that's the thing, though, Alexander Martin. I think I am in the minority. And I think we all might be in a minority. Go on flipping, go on YouTube. Go on TikTok. Check the views of some of these platforms. Like, I forgot what that channel is. It's oh, what, um, the whatever channel, right? The one where they have, like, a whole group of OnlyFans girls sitting there and one white dude. Look at the views that they get. Look at the views that Fresh and Fit get. Um, those things are super popular. People love talking about this sort of shit. So I think we are in a minority. I don't. I think most people love these fucking conversations. Honestly, it's so fucking exactly. Look, at people saying in the, in the comments, "Yes, Ohlone, it is. You're thirty, you know. The answer, love. <laughs> you know the answer. You're thirty. You know the answer, love. Exactly. Let common sense be the flower that grows in the garden of twenty twenty four. Why do you even have a best friend of opposite sex in the relationship? <laughs> See you lot in 2025. Let all these dumb questions end this week since it made its way into 2024. You know when kids don't want to go to bed so they make a stupid conversation with you about nothing? Mum, would you love me if I was a bed bug? This is what these silly conversations are giving. Exactly. <laughs> Stratford Station question in 2024. <laughs> so yeah i'm glad there's some people out there who are agreeing with my sentiments but i think the majority of people out there do enjoy these conversations they bring them some level of joy i don't necessarily know why but for some reason they love it they fucking love it next on the fucking conversation docket is this am i the only person that thinks stuff like this is one of the greatest lies ever told and i don't know why this is this is kind of similar to me to like women who like unnecessarily lie about you know cosmetic surgery i've never understood that thing like i'd rather just take the fi the fact that i did something to myself to the grave and not have to even talk about it than just lie especially to other women because other women and maybe gay people they always can suss it out right they always can tell who got work done and who didn't get work done so the idea that you would lie about it is very bizarre but i find one of the greatest lies women ever tell is this lie the lie that they somehow get turned off by guys that are in shape it's like huh why would you get turned off by a guy that's in shape i think it's just a fun thing to say on the internet um but i don't think in real life it actually is true because we've seen videos of what women do when a guy that walks into a room is really in shape and well put together do you know what i mean they can't help but salivate um which is okay it's perfectly fine same thing for a dude if you see a woman work down the street with a flipping massive ass you just can't help but look but this this like blatant lying is just unnecessary so this is courtesy of the shade borough this person is a doctor allegedly an md but again it's twitter you can put whatever you want in your name this person says in a tweet i cannot say enough how this body type is a picture of andrew tate may be only attractive to gay men so allegedly only gay men like guys who are in good shape <sighs> i have literally turned down dates with gym bros with ripped abs and past um, in the past because i find this body type suggestive of an aggression and narcissism i bet other women feel the same what so this woman is suggesting that because guys work out that must mean they're abusers that must mean they're narcissists because they dare to what get themselves in shape they dare to be healthy they dare to try to transform their bodies and and or maybe you know try to look the best that they can look that somehow means that they're aggressive and that they have narcissistic tendencies or something are you insane 
if anything this is probably some of those people i am imagining now speaking aloud uh, or thinking aloud this is probably one of those ladies that just probably doesn't like men anyway which is perfectly fine you can like and dislike who you want you know you can you can dislike people based on their genders you can dislike people based on their sexuality you can dislike people based on their fucking race whatever you want to do hate as much as you want just don't cry when somebody slaps you in the face that's all i've always said just don't cry when somebody slaps you up in the face but clearly she's somebody that doesn't like men which is perfectly fine do what you want to do but then you can't just make these broad sweeping generalizations when at the heart of it the reason why you're saying this is because in general she's probably a bit conflicted as to why she likes women why she doesn't like women but then can't doesn't know why she doesn't want to maybe date women to kind of get away from the men but why the men that she's always attracts are the ones that she doesn't like i think that could, that could be a really hard place to kind of be and figure out so i kind of get why she's you know a bit conflicted but let's not lie let's not lie and act as if like you know not being in shape is going to be a real difference maker for most dudes like i think because you know most guys we don't have makeup right so we don't really have a ways to kind of you know improve our face and our grills exponentially we don't really have that the only thing that guys really do have is what working out haircuts and beards and maybe like style and maybe a little smell and stuff but we don't have anything cosmetically we could do that could really you know take us from looking like a one to a ten really so the things that we do have available like the gym like having a good haircut like maybe growing your beard or something um whatever making you know improving your personal hygiene your skincare all this stuff we're going to obviously do it because it's going to increase your ability or it's going to increase your options of who you can maybe eventually quote unquote date or hook up with in the future so that makes complete sense and who wouldn't want to be with somebody who kind of is able to kind of you know put themselves together in a in a particular way who maybe does have a inkling of like self-discipline who maybe is able to commit to a program whatever maybe that should probably show you that somebody you know that person is maybe a little bit serious um you know they're, they're taking their health serious they're doing whatever they're doing but i think maybe the real problem here is that she used maybe the you know the andrew tate picture as an example maybe there is something to be said for maybe just andrew tate being so toxic and women just not liking everything about him because i feel like andrew tate is like the white kevin samuels i feel like again i'm not not to be a bad man to say this but i feel like if he ever does get put into prison or if he ever does die or something i feel like women online are going to be celebrating the way they celebrate kevin samuels because i didn't know i really didn't know women didn't like kevin samuels until he died when kevin samuels died i was surprised to see how much hate how much hate how much hate um they fucking had for kevin samuels they were celebrating they were jumping you know for joy when he passed away so i think maybe because andrew tate is so toxic women just don't like anything about him but i have heard um this common adage being described on the social media about straight guys right and and I, sometimes there's some truth to it about um people saying uh that's most straight dudes are quite quite homoerotic in the stuff that they're into from like the football sport culture to like the gym stuff to hanging out with your boys all the time there's something oddly homoerotic about like really really straight men which is kind of you know it's very um insulting and rude and unnecessary but maybe there is some truth to it um the next slide here shows a tweet of andrew tate going back to her saying i'm super disappointed that i'm not attractive to you kriti kiriti I was only trying to make my arms as big as your nose. Oof. Okay. okay. He's kind of lame in it. That's the thing about Andrew Tate. He is kind of lame. You kind of, you can kind of understand why women don't like him. He's kind of fucking lame, isn't he? Like what? 
I was only trying to make my arms as big as your nose. Is that the best you could do? Come on, bro, man. She destroyed everything about you. She called into question. She basically said, because you lift weights that you're, that you're a fucking abuser. <laughs> she destroyed all of us gym bros, right? She kind of buried all of us with that tweet. And the best you can do is say your arms are big as her nose. It's like, come on, man. You got to come harder than that. No pause, but you got to come harder than that. You really have to come harder. But hey, what can you do? Um, what can you do? But I do think women that say this sort of stuff anyway, I'm not really into guys that work out too much. All the big muscles, it's just a bit too much for me. It's like, bro, maybe the majority of women don't actually get talked to by guys who are really in shape anyway. So you've never even experienced that. And if you do, I don't think a lot of women would actively try and turn it down because, you know, whatever. I have heard of women say, oh, I'm not into guys that play professional sports because it takes up too much time. And usually they're going to not be able to like, you know, drink and go out for dinners and stuff. That makes a lot of sense. If you're in a professional sports team, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, why maybe that might be a red flag. But I think for the most part, looking after yourself and being in, you know, and taking care of your health shouldn't be a bad thing. Really and truly, it should be maybe encouraged. We shouldn't get into a world where we're basically trying to push the whole fat, fat acceptance things down men's mouths and stuff. Uh, that isn't cool. Yeah, you know I mean, if, if as a guy you want to provide and look after a woman who might be a bit big, then that's on you. But I think as a dude, you kind of owe it to yourself and to being the quote unquote protector and leader of your family or leader of the household to be in somewhat good physical shape so that you can look after them. You know, if ever danger, if any danger comes their way, you can actually step in there, you know, like a fucking human shield and obviously go down for them. You know, and and obviously they won't thank you for it because you're dead. But at least you did it. You know what I mean? <laughs> at least you fucking did it. At least you fucking did it. Moving on from that one. Moving on from that one. I quickly want to talk about this because I thought this was maybe, maybe, quite possibly and seriously one of, if not the most stupid bits of controversy that I've ever seen detailed on the old timeline here. Let me see if I can get a hold of it. Bear with me a second if I can truly kind of find it here. Um, I think most of you have probably seen it yourselves anyway. Let's see if I can get it. Bear with me a second. Again, if you're watching the stream and you enjoy what you're seeing, please make sure you like it. That'd be greatly appreciated. Like the stream down below. That'd be greatly, greatly appreciated. If you're watching the stream live, make sure to flip in like the stream as you're enjoying it make sure you do that be greatly appreciated for the kid for the boy for your pal for your cody and all of that good 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 stuff so um if i can quickly get this up on here let me just show you here what i was bloody talking about regarding this controversy and we can continue um so this is it right um there was this really dumb controversy that happened recently the other day regarding flipping skepta where he was accused of being somewhat, I guess, anti-Semitic because he used this picture on his up-and-coming, for his up-and-coming single that's about to be, or for a single that I think that dropped the other day, actually, if I'm not mistaken, and to obviously start the rollout for his album that's meant to be coming out very, very soon. And people saw this, the single album, the single cover, and they immediately thought that he was basically taking the piss um, out of, you know, the Nazi concentration camps and the Jews that were unfortunately um, killed at that place, and the fact that some of them were marked, or most of them that obviously conjured the concentration camps were marked in a certain way. And I think the picture itself, self originally featured a guy with a bald head 
that had a um, number of no, no, the words of his next single kind of tattooed on the back of his head and people online were making it seem like that was, you know, uh, an example of, it's kind of representative or similar to what happened to the Jewish people when they were kind of, you know, put in concentration camps and shit, right? So he had to come out here and apologize for it, which is absolutely stupid. So this cut to the Shaber, it's a skeptic issues a statement after fans allege that his album cover art resembles a Holocaust. So as you can see here, his album cover for his, um, no, for his single cover, not for the album cover, but a single, if I'm not mistaken, is called Gas Me Up. And it looks, it looks like a, a white kid with a shaved head and it's got Gas Me Up written at the back of his head here in that font. So he had to apologize and take that picture down because people are upset about it. Um, and it says here, um, he shared a mood board of what he was looking at when he was thinking of the flipping, you know, of the flipping artwork itself. And he wrote here a tweet. I can honestly, I can honestly see how my single artwork about context can be deemed as offensive, especially in a time like this. But again, that was not my intention. Yo, big up Richie. Appreciate you. Have you worn new Balenciaga flats for a rest <laughs> drive yet to the club or DJ Ed in the Morgod in a fight yet? <laughs> one of those things has happened. One of those things has happened. Not the fight. One of those things has happened, Richie. One of those things has happened. Not the fight, but one of those things has happened. One of those things has happened. Not the fight, but they will be revealed very, very soon. Keep an eye out for them. They're going to be revealed, but one of those things has happened. Not the fight. <laughs> I wasn't slipping all over the place and again. No, 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 not slipping, not slipping, not slipping. Um <laughs> let's continue. It says, Yeah, I can only see how my single art big up Richard, I appreciate you for the donation, brother. Thank you for that. It's I can only see how my single art work about context can be deemed offensive, especially in this time. But after some thought, I don't feel like this could I could continue being an artist um or for you all if no, cool. Let me actually see the sorry, let me actually go to the apology first my bad I'm, I'm doing this the wrong way around so he actually did apologize for it at first which if i can find the actual tweet itself he actually did apologize for it and then he kind of took it back so i think he did apologize and he took it back which was good because the apology was fucking stupid it really was dumb he should never have apologized but he did actually apologize for it and then he reversed his decision so this is this is actually the apology itself as you can see here on his tweet, I think he might post on his Instagram too. He first apologized and says, I've been waiting to drop Gas Me Up Diligent since teasing it in April last year. Worked hard getting the artwork right for my album rollout, which is about my parents coming to the UK in the 80s. Skinhead, football culture, and it has been taken offensively by many. And I can promise you that I definitely not our plan. So I've removed it and I vow to be more mindful going forward. So he said what he said there. And then obviously he slept on it and realized, hold on. Why am I fucking apologizing to the mob? Why am I bending and kowtowing to people when this is my expression? This is my art. And if anything, when it comes to art, all, you know, all fucking apologies are off the table. There is no nothing to apologize for apart from maybe not doing the best job that you can do and not maybe giving your fans what they want. But apart from that, you shouldn't be apologizing for your fucking inspiration. You shouldn't be apologizing for the things that you're, you're badly, you know, inspired by or things that inform your artwork. You should always be trying to bring, you know, basically show your best self through your art and what your fucking inspiration is about this whole thing so he said what he said there and then he decided to take it back which i'm happy he did and he said the following i can honestly see how my single artwork without context can be deemed defensive not my intention but after some thought 
I don't feel I could continue being an artist and you, uh, you all know and love if my art is policed. I agree with that one. I have to quit if I can't express my art as I see it. So help the con so to help the context, here are the pictures from the mood board for the 1980s UK story for my album, Knife and Fork. Gas Me Up Diligently will be out on the 26th as planned. So he took it back. He was like, look, you're not going to try and make me feel bad for basically tapping into British culture, tapping into a rich history of British culture around skinheads, around fucking scar culture, around fucking, you know, um, you know, le legendary icon, legendary bands, legendary movements, legendary subcultures that all informed my idea around this flipping album. Especially, like he said, if the album is based around the 1980s and his family moving to the UK around that sort of time, you know, that's basically what the music was on fucking the radio, right? The specials and all this sort of malarkey playing there on a fucking constant basis. So it makes sense why he used that as inspiration. So I love the fact that he went back on the apology and basically told people to kind of suck on his fucking little minka because why? the fuck are you policing my art and i think in general the annoying thing about it is that more than likely the people he apologized to would have never bought his album anyway that's the annoying thing when it comes to his apology it's not like you're apologizing to your actual fans who are offended who get let down you're usually apologizing to people that were never your fans people that are just looking that just have like an apology kink they kind of get turned on by people you know bending the knee kissing them at their feet and asking for forgiveness but your actual fans don't give a fuck your actual fans get you your actual fans understand your actual fans appreciate that you're because even like myself i'm a big fan of skepta but i can't lie to say you know maybe some of the skepta albums from before maybe his delivery maybe his you know subject matter has been a bit formulaic and been a bit boring the fact that i've heard that the inspiration behind this album is what it is about his parents moving to the uk at a certain time about that time in history in the uk and about you know maybe being a representative of you know what it's like to be a you know a nigerian british person or whatever it may be that's really interesting to me i'm actually more interested to check out the album now that i've kind of learned about the inspiration behind it but the ones who don't care about you are the ones that are going to try to get you to kowtow and bend the knee because it's going to make them feel a lot more better about their fucking situation but i've just always hated anyway that artists nowadays especially in this kind of era that we're in are forced to explain their art and I've also hated the fact that artists nowadays are forced to fucking apologize for things when people get offended at the art that they do and put out there. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. So I'm glad to see Skepta decided to take it back and say, you know, suck on my dick. Let me do my art the way I want to do it. And if you don't, I'll just quit and do something else because this isn't worth it. And I really do agree with him. I really, really do agree with him. Moving on, moving on. Let's talk about this. This has been heating up the fucking social media waves since it absolutely happened. And I love everything about it because the conversation around it is really interesting because everyone's got a different opinion. So this is courtesy of Cutting Room Floor, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's a podcast. It's called, let me give her a shout out because she's got a really good podcast. Um, I think it's called Cutting Room Floor. I used to subscribe to it on normal fucking podcast platforms and stuff. But I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, she's moved it to Patreon let's see if i'm mistaken here it's called the cutting room floor podcast it's a really good podcast it talks about um fashion and shit yeah this is what it's called it's called the cutting room floor sorry my bad i forgot the name of it 
but it's called the cutting room floor it's hosted by a girl called omondi omondi is that her name yeah omondi no hosted by a designer called resha omondi i guess that's her name sorry my bad and um, fashion's only show is hosted by a fashion designer called retro omondi and she does loads of really good interviews with random people and stuff in the industry and beyond it's available obviously on apple you see the website here but i think it's mostly on the behind the patreon paywall that's basically the best content you're going to get but definitely check it out if you haven't already but she did a really good interview and sat down with Yasin Bey, aka Most Def, and he really had some very interesting choice words about Drake. And I think his opinion about Drake is really interesting because I don't agree with it, but I, it has sparked a lot of conversation on social media regarding if Drake is hip hop or not. So let's play the clip. Like, is Drake hip hop? Drake is pop to me, in the sense like if I was in Target in Houston and I heard a Drake song, it feels like a lot of his music is compatible with shopping. <laughs> commercial music. Or as, or as you know, music. shopping with an edge in certain instances. Fair. I like Drake's music, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Of course, I mean, I, it's, I, I, I it's get commercial, it. entertaining, fun, it's, good, it's, formulaic music. It's likable. Likable music, yeah. It's likable. Um, but is it? You know, I'm gonna leave you alone. We're gonna move. We're gonna move on. Um. <laughs> so many, so many products. So many so, skews. So many skews. <laughs> Look at all these skews. Oh, so many products. So much merchandising. So oh, many barcodes. I love this mall. <laughs> Look at this place. I mean, look at this place. They have everything. Everything's here. They have everything here. Oh, this is great. This is a new Drake. You hear it? It's great. Okay. What happens when this thing collapses? What happens when the columns start buckling? Are we not in some early stage of that at this present hour? Are we seeing like the collapse of the empire? Buying and selling, where's the message that I can use? Right. You know, what's in it for your audience apart from like banging the pom-poms? I completely understand. Banging the pom-poms is crazy when most of his audience are banging their backpacks and their tambourines listening to fucking, you know, most death. They're fucking banging their incense on their lap when they're listening to him. And it's funny that he says banging the pom-poms, bro. Like what? Most people are banging their fucking, their fucking, you know, their Nike boots. They're banging their fucking lugs. They're banging their beat up Timberlands listening to you, mate. Do you know what I mean? No, no one listening to fucking Most Def in 2024, not even 2023 or fucking prior years. So he's talking out of his ass there. But you know what this made me think about? This made me think about this. You know what's really funny? This reminds me why the weekend, what he, when he decided to make that pivot into being a pop star, I get it. Because me being a big weekend fan, I followed his career from the beginning. House of Balloons era, mixtape era, talking about Coke and fucking models and shit and not showing his face. I love that version of the weekend. But there was a distinct moment, I think it was around Kissland, 
when he put out the album Kissland that The Weeknd made a concise effort to pivot and be more of a pop star. He started writing with that guy. I think his name is like Max Martin or something. He's a really popular um, pop writer who's done a lot of great work with like, you know, the Ariana Grandes, the Justin Biebers, um, you know, all these other people he's kind of made incredible hits for. And The Weeknd started to work with him more and kind of evolved his sound because I think he realized that R&B as a genre, same like hip hop, is very, very, is very constraining. It kind of doesn't allow people to have range. It doesn't allow people to experiment. It doesn't allow people to go and try new things. And it doesn't allow people to go explore different sounds or to reach a wider audience. It, it honestly is very, very um, limiting in terms of its scope, which is really annoying because hip hop in general, especially in the last few years, has been the number one music genre in the world, right? So if you're the number one music genre in the world, my argument would be, if that's true, isn't it, shouldn't it be the case that technically most artists within that genre are then considered pop because it's the popular music? If hip hop is the number one genre in the music in the world, it's the most listened to genre, and all the kids are listening to it, all the mums, all the dads, whatever it may be, of all walks and sh of all walks of life, all shapes, all colors and creeds, couldn't it be argued? that every top rapper within hip hop is technically pop. That could be the case, isn't it? But then I go back to the whole tenets of hip hop. The tenets of hip hop are what? Graffiti, break dancing, DJing and rapping. I don't think you could say Drake isn't hip hop just because he makes music that's very popular because at his core in, I think every single Drake album, regardless of what it is, even fucking um, certified lover boy, there's at least one record where he's just rapping his ass off. He already has one record rapid. One of the things that's kind of holding Drake back around being the whole hip hop thing and people not liking him is mostly to do with the whole allegations of him having ghostwriters. But when it comes to him actually writing and being an actual rapper, he's shown us in every single album he's dropped ever since he came out that he can rap with the best of them. He can out rap most of them. Just recently, he put out a fucking, you know, what was it? A six track EP or an add on onto his recent album that was mostly produced by the conductor and, a f and the alchemist and a few other people as well had production credits on there where he's just rapping his ass off. Most of the tracks don't even have choruses. He's just barring. He's just going bar for bar for bar, verse for verse for verse until the end of time. So the fact that he can put out that, that album off the back of people not liking the album when it first dropped, right? People didn't like that. What was that fucking album even called? I fucking forgot now. And I'm even, be I'm being a Drake fan. And I forgot what the album is called. I think that kind of says it all. But um, For the Dogs, when For the Dogs came out, everybody hated it right everybody panned it said it wasn't good then he decided okay cool you guys want more rapping he puts out for the dog scary hours he puts out an additional i think is it six tracks at the end is it six yeah six tracks where he's just rapping rapping his absolute face off and absolutely fucking you know tearing um, most people apart sneak this is here and there and reminding everybody that he can actually rap that's the funny thing about this whole conversation. But I think in general, what this is at the case of, the heart of this issue is this. This is, this is what I think. This is what I think. I think at the heart of this issue is that a lot of the older rappers in hip-hop are jealous. I think they're jealous. But I think they don't want to admit it. I don't know why being jealous of somebody isn't necessary. I won't say it's a good thing, but I think being jealous of somebody in his position makes sense most death is one of the most decorated well-respected technically proficient high-level rappers in hip-hop history right he is amazing one of the best rappers ever 
But unfortunately, the era that he grew up in, the era that he came up in, hip hop wasn't the most dominant music genre out there. Right. He wasn't able maybe to pop and blow the way he probably his talent deserved him to be. Maybe it's partly him, maybe it's with the industry, whatever it may be. He didn't necessarily make it to the heights he probably should have made it to, despite his unapologetic, undeniable talent. So when things change, and then this guy comes around, this mixed race dude who can sing, who can rap, or whatever that all the girls like and shit, and he starts to make more money than you've ever made in your entire career in a short space of time. He's breaking all the records, and he's doing it almost with ease. I think that's the allegation that Joe Budden was was having at Drake, and he? he was screaming at Drake on his podcast because Joe Budden, as an artist, could see and could feel that Drake was kind of going through the motions. And maybe he did admit it, I think, with a couple of interviews with Elliot Wilson himself, but this guy is making more money than most Def has made his entire career, and Drake is considerably younger than most Def. So, of course, you'd have some level of jealousy that you think you're better than him technically, right? You're better than him technically, but then he's making more money than you. I think it's perfectly fine to say you're jealous. You should be okay. I think maybe envy might be the more toxic and destructive um, you know, uh, feeling to have emotion to have envy. But I think jealousy in terms of like, hey, I'm also good at this thing. I wish I could be making the money that he's making. I wish I could be that famous. That should be an okay thing to admit. But maybe that is where we're getting what we're getting. Maybe the jealousy has kind of seeped into envy where you actually are despising the fact that this guy has become so successful. Because when I'm listening to him speak, yes, it's some fair critique, but I'm sensing a lot of hate. It's, it's very it seems to come from a place where they had some sort of disagreement in the past um my assessment or my kind of you know if i had to guess what's happening here and you know when it comes to drake it always kind of revolves around girls so i think most likely this has to do with some woman this has to do either with a woman drake fuck that he didn't know that was attached with most death this might have to do with almost death's bitches always talking about drake whenever they're at dinner because one thing you don't want to do as a man you don't want to ever seem like you're jealous in front of girls so you try and play it off. So imagine you're at dinner, right? And you're with your girls, right? And they're just talking about the new Drake album. Oh my God, do you see what Drake posted? Oh my God, do you see his new album? Oh my God, do you see what he was wearing the other day? You don't want to act like it's annoying you, but it is annoying you. So maybe that's what's the case here. Maybe he is fed up of all of his girls, all his fucking, you know, all these bitches that he's been smashing on the road or when he's at these fashion shows are the ones that keep constantly talking about this guy and he hates him, but he doesn't want to say it. So he keeps it bottled in. Then the moment this, um, you know, this host asked him the question, it all came out to the surface and he absolutely exploded because this doesn't sound like somebody being critical. This just sounds like somebody that's hating because that's the thing that I am disappointed in this because I feel like there needs to be more conversations like this anyway. We need to have a return to um, criticism and critique in culture in general. We're missing it in the arts. We're missing critique. We're missing conversations like this where people can really break down and dissect, you know, somebody's artistry and maybe, you know, push back on the narrative around them or maybe offer a different opinion. We're missing that. But unfortunately, nowadays, I don't know why it is the case. A lot of people that critique, a lot of people that talk about this sort of stuff, they can't help but sound like it's hate, you know? They can't help but sound like it's hate. So even though this is kind of coming from a real place, there is some, maybe some truth to what he's saying. I think the basis of all of this comes from a place where he legitimately doesn't like Drake for a reason that's unbeknown to us at the moment. And it doesn't have to do with music. 
It does have to do with the fact that Drake makes popular music. And like I said before, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Drake has told us from the beginning that he wants to be the rapper for everybody. He wants to be as big as possible. He does all these references to, you know, different countries and different cultures and, and different scenes because he's inspired by all these things. He just doesn't want to be like, you know, pigeonholed and stuck in one lane. He wants to kind of broaden his horizons. But I think in general, hip hop is very, very um, constraining in that regard. That's why I understand why Little Yachty says what he says because hip hop people are really, really dogmatic. They're really boring. They're really stuck in their ways. They don't really allow you to kind of explore and do what you want to do. It has to be done within, you know, within their accepted kind of, you know, um, barriers and stuff. You can't actually just do it, go and do your own thing and be free. You kind of have to do things based on what they think is good hip hop or not good hip hop. But like I said before, I just think it's a bit insulting and a bit dismissive to Drake's, you know, his discography, his artistry, his talent, to say that he's just a target rapper or something. Because if he's a target rapper, what's Taylor Swift? If he's target in hip-hop, what the fuck is Taylor Swift? And Taylor Swift is like three times more popular as fucking Drake. How does that make any sense? And if Drake is target, what's Kendrick Lamar then? Kendrick Lamar is one of the most popular fucking hip-hop rappers out there. He performs at some of the biggest European, mostly white-based festivals known to man. Those guys and girls in the crowd sing his fucking lyrics from word to word. Same goes for fucking J. Cole. Same goes for Nicki Minaj. Like, are these people fucking Target as well? Because they happen to be popular. And why is that a bad thing? It doesn't make any sense. Like, maybe because no one's listening to Most Def, Yasin Bey in 2024, it's a different conversation. But the idea that is it's a bad thing to be popular, it's a bad thing to be have a big fan base, it's a bad thing to have a wide appeal, it's a bad thing to have most people like what you do is odd. That's what happens when you're the best. That's what happens when you're the number one person. But this is probably, again, another reminder why maybe Drake does kind of, you know, walk around the way he walks around and kind of keeps to himself and stuff. Because in the background, a lot of these older dudes, a lot of these dusty guys, they are inherently jealous. They're inherently jealous that he was able to, you know, crack the code and break it the way he did. And we already see it with even with Kanye. I love Ye, but the way Ye was hating on Drake from the beginning was odd. The, the kind of, you know, their kind of off and on relationship was fucking bizarre. But at the heart of it, what you felt was like, you know, Kanye just couldn't, you know, get to terms or come to grips with the fact that Drake was kind of maybe, you know, stepping on his toes a bit. He was becoming that kind of go-to guy that he used to be, right? When kids or the girls would come around and they want to put on some new tunes, they wouldn't be wanting to put on a new Kanye, they want to put on a new Drake. So maybe that kind of can eat away our soul. Maybe there's something about an artist. Again, I haven't made music myself, uh, just only DJs, but there's some, maybe there's something about being an artist where if you're in a room and you make you know, music and shit, you want people kind of talking about your stuff. You don't want them kind of gushing about other, another person, especially if you think you're more talented. Maybe that's what that is the case. But in general, I think this was um, incredibly disrespectful, um, incredibly mean-spirited, um, incredibly unnecessary, and if anything, it kind of took away from the point that he was making, which is kind of a good point to talk about when it comes to Drake's legacy and shit, right? Of like, you know, would he be remembered as a hip-hop great or would he be remembered more like as a pop star and stuff? But there's, a, there's an actual good conversation to be had there. But, you know, this guy's hate blanketed it all. So, you know, I don't want to hear him crying, complaining. If Drake does come out and bar him to death, I don't want to hear this cry, guy crying. I don't want to hear him backpedaling and trying to fucking apologize for this shit, stand on your shit you know you're an old hating ass guy 
um, you said what you said. It's kind of cool, whatever. Everyone laughed, and let's kind of move on from there. But I don't agree with him at all. I don't agree with him at all. I think, if anything, Drake has shown us in the last few years that he has the range to do the hip hop thing. He has the range to go and tap in with the kids. He has a range to make formulaic hits, records that just you know transcend hip hop and shit. I don't think that's a bad thing. Hip hop should always be an opportunity for people who maybe can't get in other genres, not can't get it should be an opportunity for people to bring that sound to the masses really and truly in whatever guise that they can bring it in i don't think it's a bad thing that maybe you know all the biggest hip-hop stars in the world aren't boom bap type of artists like i just i don't think just because you don't make music that is primarily 808s based that's mainly boom bap that that doesn't mean you're hip-hop the fact that you rap over fucking instrumentals should really make you hip-hop regardless but again maybe that's a conversation for another another you know another day but this idea that you can't be hip-hop because what you sing on the in the chorus because you have a lot of like women fans because you're really popular is like how are you trying to punish me for having a fan base how are you trying to punish me for you know for being good at what i do it's like I don't know. I think it's bizarre. I think it's odd. I think it's bizarre. I'd much rather people um, just, you know, say they don't like him for just not, it's just not your taste. Then try to justify it with like, oh yeah, I'm only into real hip hop. I'm only into this. It's like, bro, when's the last time you listened to a fucking Most Def record? Honestly, most people on the internet, when's the last time they actually played a Most Def record? Like, come on, man, let's be real, man. People just out here chatting the most shit for the most part, just to kind of appear like they listen to certain things. But when when the fucking Spotify rap again, people talk about what they talk about, right? All they all this shit, especially when it comes to Drake. But when that Spotify rap comes out and all the normies are out there posting their end of year, you know, um, stats of what they listen to, guess who's always in people's top fives? Even though they they swear he's a loser, he's too soft, he's zesty, all this stuff. Guess who's in everyone's top five all the time? Bitch, you guessed it, Drake. So most people are out here lying most people are out here fucking lying that's the name of the game here most people are out here lying that's my opinion but again i could be wrong um i'm probably not wrong because i never am but i probably could <laughs> you never know you never bloody know um moving on moving on moving on moving on moving on moving on here so i'm I'm somebody who likes to give people chances. I'm somebody who is very accepting, very um, inviting, very enthusiastic about this entire shift in fashion that's happening, where you're seeing people from the streetwear world, people that don't really have any um, experience within working in the fashion, basically taking these amazing jobs at the you know at the top of the fashion industry it's really inspiring because i feel like for people like myself who maybe don't have access to some of these big brands who maybe don't have access to certain bits of information education wherever it may be to be able to see people that look like you that come from the same scene that are into the same shit that you're into take a t-shirt take a hoodie take a baseball cap take some trainers take some jeans and a small brand and take that to suddenly be designing for the biggest fashion houses out there and this playing their wares during Paris Fashion Week, that's inspiring, right? That is really inspiring. And it probably inspires thousands, if not millions of kids out there to know that they can do it too, that they can do it too. They can do it too if they put their mind and heart to whatever they're doing. But I have to say, and I have to put, pat myself on the back here. I did say when Pharrell got appointed as the successor um, for Virgil Abloh, 
because of his unpassly, uh, his untimely passing, RIP to him as the Louis Vuitton men's creative director. I did say at the time, this isn't going to end well. I did say at the time, this isn't going to end well because I have never seen Pharrell design anything that I think was conducive or would kind of give him um, any sort of credence to be a good designer at Louis Vuitton. Because in my thinking, the last time he actually designed anything decent was when Nigo was still involved in Billionaire Boys Club. Because if you're not aware, when Nigo and Pharrell linked up, um, essentially Pharrell um, and Nigo and Skatefing, which was the original um, illustrator and graphic designer for Bape, they were all involved in some other white guy too. I forgot his name. The white guy, I think that might do, that's Kvimt. He was also involved. So there's a lot of people that were involved in making Billionaire Boys Club and ice cream and all this stuff really, really popular and really, sorry, really good back in the day. Because if you see, uh, you know, old Bill their boys club and you compare it to what they make nowadays it's night and day and mostly it's because of you know nico's obviously not involved in the design anymore he's busy with human made and kenzo and all the other stuff he's doing and obviously skating as well is probably doing his own thing as well maybe they can't afford him who knows but there was a whole entire group of people from the guy at kvent from skating from nigo all involved in helping him do his brand but since then, he's never actually done anything, I don't think, design-wise, that would make you believe he's a good fashion designer. The, you know, maybe one of his more iconic pieces that he made was that bulletproof down vest thing that he did with Montclair back in the day. Um, there's been a few collaboration, one-off pieces here and there. But in terms of a full collection, in terms of, you know, a, a spring-summer show, an autumn show, a resort show, collaborations, you know, over 50 looks, I don't think he's got any range to show you that he could do it. And I think this is a good example as to why this relationship with Louis Vuitton is going to end in tears. Because I feel like this is the most basic um devoid of any real inspiration of any real design talent um piece that he's ever put out really and it's only what two or three seasons in and he's already doing shit like this so this is according to hypebeats it says pack your lunch in pharrell williams's louis vuitton sandwich bag now, this has been done to death by many uh, companies out there, by many sorry, fashion brands. We've seen this kind of, you know, um, taking the everyday item and obviously luxing it up and turning it into something very, um, you know, luxurious, very expensive, um, very high quality, wherever it may be. But I just think this being so easily be done by somebody on instagram stories or something some random customized person could have easily done this and the fact that this is so um this is such a fucking you know an easy layup to kind of do and he did it i think for me is a good example as to why this relationship with louis vuitton is probably going to end in tears because if you're already reaching for these type of designs and you're only two or three seasons in this is probably proof that you're already running out of ideas he's already running out of ideas this is where he's going if he's already pulling for these references and putting out these shopping bags and i saw there was another there was another fucking um post i saw somewhere where he's made a leather croc version of the actual shopping bag so the actual louis vuitton shopping bag that's obviously in that same sort of like orange burnt brown sort of colorway um he also made a version of that shopping bag and he just made it in a leather material so it took the same shopping bag that is obviously given to you when you purchase stuff in louis vuitton in like that cardboardy paper type material and he's basically just changed it i think he made it into croc or some sort of high quality leather so the fact that he's doing this now at this point for me is proof that the guy has no clue what he's doing and it's probably going to end in tears sooner rather than later again maybe the sales 
um, will be quite good in terms of the accessories because that's what people always say about Louis Vuitton. They don't really care about their ready-to-wear. The accessories is where they make most of their money. But I think in general, this stuff is going to be so forgetful, so bad that people are going to be sitting there thinking, you know what? Maybe Kid Super was actually a better option. And I fucking hate Kid Super. But maybe Kid Super actually could have grown into the role and actually decide and actually put out better runway collections. Because so far, the runway collections I've seen, apart from the first one, have been absolutely terrible personally for me very very forgettable um maybe there's a few pieces there's a jacket there's a couple of jackets there's a couple of you know shirt and pant kind of combination tracksuit type of things that look decent um there might have been a certain decent hat i still think the hat that rocky was given the one with the pearls the little beanie that's amazing the matching denim suit is really cool um the skirt from the first collection was really nice as was the loafers and the socks and shit but you know apart from that there wasn't really a lot from the collection that you were pining for and that you really wanted. A lot of it was kind of basic. And I think, again, like I said before, the fact that he's already reaching for these references, right? The lowest hanging fruit is already proof to me that he's already run out of ideas. So this is Curtis of Hypebeats. It says, Pharrell's debuted Louis Vuitton um, in June 2023, inviting guests to experience an unforgettable night in Paris. Fashion Week, the pixelated range, was a funky and bold and grounded in everyday streetwear. Even that pixelated collection, I, I think it, it got panned on fairly i I quite like the pixelated camo stuff that he did but even that now people are now kind of panning and obviously turning you know changing their mind in it in real time so even with some of the fashion glitterati it hasn't really aged well when it comes to references it continues smooth leather textiles dominated the range um mitigating um sorry migrating um into the accessories line with an eye of surrealism williams first collaboration begins to land on shelves um we receive a closer look at the runway debuted sandwich bag the design mimics louis vuitton's 10 shop given the folded opening for the easy lunch um lunch access elsewhere raised louis vuitton letterings on the on the midpoint and on the pull tab so i think the finish of it is kind of questionable personally for me i think the question the finish of it is kind of questionable especially around here like you know are these bits actually cut properly did they get folded differently i'm not too sure is that strap actually centered i don't know is the strap actually centered? I don't know. Could it have been made a bit differently to maybe mimic a bit of tape, to maybe mimic something different to as a kind of fastening? Because I feel like it looks a bit strange. Um, the font on the fucking itself, with it being raised the way it is, I'm not really too sure that was the right decision either. It kind of makes it look a bit weird from the from the from the when you zoom out. I think maybe having them embossed and then maybe having them coloured and then actually them wearing in over time would have actually looked a lot better. I don't think you need this thing to kind of look new all the time when you're wearing it. Actually, the more beat up it does look, the more worn it looks. It probably would actually like this this Maison Fonde on eighteen fifty four Paris at the back. How it's been embossed. I think you should obviously have that logo in the front the same. I think that was actually how it actually worked better. But I think all these choices, um, again, are very questionable, but lend to me the idea that this guy is already running out of ideas. And talk about running out of ideas, look at this shit. He also designed these Timberland boots. So we're already getting these really crass, obvious, bait, um, trend-driven collaborations from Ferreira at Louis Vuitton. And I'm already bored of it. Like even the cut of the jeans, the boot cut, cut on the jeans 
the Timberland Louis Vuittons. Like, come on, bro. Timberland's, the fucking aesthetic of a Timberland and that being in trend with all the kids online, with some of the Gen Z kids like to wear big pants and big boots, that's already dying. He's already like, what, a couple of years late with the Timberland thing, it feels like. Like, and again, you'd think if you're a fashion brand, you're the one that's dictating the trends. You're not copying the trends. You're the one that's kind of pushing things forward. And again, say what you want to say about Demna at Balenciaga, but at least Demna at Balenciaga has a very distinctive um, silhouette. Um, he has a very specific taste, a very specific point of view um, that he's obviously putting out there when he does Balenciaga. When, with this sort of stuff that, you know, Pharrell's doing, the pants, that, sh that kind of boot cut, um, flared style is already kind of played out right even i have jeans that cut like that and i don't even wear them myself the timberland big boot thing is kind of played out also for me personally i feel like that is also something that kind of needs to kind of get you know i'm kind of bored of it move on especially the fact that these are probably going to drop when a few a few seasons down the line not a few seasons but maybe a couple of seasons down the line they're not something that's maybe imminently about to drop i'm not really sure but i do think this is another example big up uchi appreciate you okay can we live stream the full winter show on the 16th it will be his third show yay i purchased four damoflage pieces and a speedy 25 the line looks good in person the tims i'll stick to regular six in <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 big up you big up you yeah that camo stuff is the best stuff the camo and the bag that you bought i think the bag is called the speedy um and like i said the beanie that asap rocky wore with the pearls the dent the matching denim jacket um there's actually i don't know if he if he put it out there's a louis vuitton m65 that he made i don't know if he actually if he's put it out yet but i remember when he got announced as the designer for louis vuitton he was pictured wearing this amazing green velvet m65 with like a white shirling collar or something that looks fucking stupendous that was really nice but most of it not for me really but big up richie though, um appreciate you for the donation brother and yeah for sure we'll, de we'll definitely watch the live show on the 16th paris fashion week is about to begin so i'm gonna be doing a lot more live streams of fashion shows and stuff and putting that out there as well for the content and whatnot so big up um you big up you um yes yeah, so i'm not a fan of the timberlands i think they're lazy i think they're uninspired i think they're just whatever and if anything they were they're a bit late in the whole trend because um people are already kind of moved on with the whole fucking timberland thing anyway there's actually another post here where somebody posted um more details of the timberland to kind of see what it looks like and they actually look you know i guess the details do actually help in terms of what they look like to kind of give them a little bit more of an edge because if i'm not mistaken the soles are even got the louis vuitton print on them let's see if i get i think it's here the actual soul himself have got the Louis Vuitton print. So you kind of get to, you know, um, step on the snow and get the flipping monogram print all over them as well. And if I'm not mistaken, the actual upper themselves have also been embossed. So you've got the added detail of the Louis Vuitton monogram here on the underside of the tongue. You've got the Louis Vuitton logo on the outside of the tongue as well with the Timberland logo. And if I'm not mistaken, if you look closely here, there's also loads of Louis Vuitton little embossing bits here and there. But again, like I said, it just feels late. It feels tired. The Timberland thing is kind of tired and done and they're still going for it. Okay, they haven't got the other picture, but there's another picture here somewhere where you can see the sole of it. But, you know, who cares of it? I'll maybe put that in later, but there's another picture where you can see the actual underside and the underside of the shoe has actually got the actual print. So you can kind of see what it looks like when you kind of step around this shit. But for me, I didn't really like it. I think it was kind of formulaic, a little bit too easy and whatever. And I'm not really for it. No, thank you. No flipping 
Thank you. That's what I have to say about that regarding you. Moving on from that one, let's quickly talk about this. So this is courtesy of Vogue. This is a courtesy of Vogue. It says, oh, let me get the screen up on here. Bear with me a second. Apologies here. It says, courtesy of Vogue. It says, Palace founder on his new role as creative director of Feeler Plus. So this is courtesy of Vogue. Really big news regarding Feeler. It says, another day, another new creative director. And, and, <laughs> I thought this is dictatorship. Okay, directorship. Okay, my bad. I thought this is dictatorship. Another day, another new creative di- directorship in fashion. And we predict this new recruit might be among the most inspired hires of 2024. Following 15 years of building his London skate um, startup palace into one of the most recognizable and rascally brands in, in streetwear, um, taking on the surprising side hustle today, he's been named as creative director of the 130 f- 113 year old italian sportswear brand feeler um for the new elevated offshoot feeler plus in a statement issued this morning feeler global brand president todd klein we are thrilled to welcome him as creative director of feeler plus his forward-thinking approach is aligned with our mission and innovative innovative while honoring feeler's legacy as a premium sportswear brand um the owner of palace says that he's been offered the creative roles before and done a little under under the line in consulting this is the first offer that he intrigued him enough to buy it he says at feeler archive i was really inspired there were so many things about the brand i didn't know about it's incredible i love sportswear i love making clothes and i feel like really comfortable and the people interested in the brand so i thought okay great um the, the diving in dividing time between london will be running palace um and home of Felix in Milan there'll be a show to be shown to buyers next week really there's already it's already been designed then it'll be this will be shown to buyers in Paris next weekend god damn it's already been done um Sorry, for, no, what was I saying? Feeder Plus Studio for the last five months as it shapes the debut collection. Um, the plan is to distribute the collection across e-commerce partners, department stores, and selected um, brand boutiques. Um, one, indicate, one indication of Feeder's confidence in a new offshoot, which is being produced in Milan's 247 group, is that it was signed off on a newly updated version of the F-Box logo, originally designed by Sergio Privitera, or Privitida back in 1973. I'm assuming that's that new logo there, right? With the green and red there. Um, it says here, for me, Italy stands for all things stylish. And I want Fila's rich Italian heritage to be at the heart of Fila Plus. Working with distribute, we're working to distribute through a wholesale model instead of direct to consumer. Really? There's not going to be direct to consumer. It's going to be sold wholesale. That's a bit dumb, isn't it? Hmm. Something new for the calendar. The the presentation process in Paris next week is completely different and not something I've done before. That's exciting. I'm learning. Fila Plus is conceived as a progressive heritage brand looking back to the step forward and has 113 years of heritage. I've always designed by exploring things that I just really like, touching on the old and bringing something new. I'm also very excited about the opportunity um, to do footwear i'm updating doing some odd modern takes on certain things this presented with an abundance of material to riff on like the tracksuit silhouette um what i can t- uh, he considered while shaping his debut is george michael i couldn't believe how much feeler popped up into watching wham documentary so with this going back to my english roots feeler sports um affiliation grant hill ferrari swedish tennis player blah blah blah, blah. um performance serves as inspiration one focus he says with white rock mountaineering ranges designed by feeler um pierre luigi rolando um, watching the archive videos is amazing to realize how much of the archive he did of the sport. Um, he said that there will be in the current, no current plans for a cross to cross pollinate Fila Plus and Palace. Um, but he added that he has, de- de- sorry, he added that he has 
dedicated parallels between the two. A lot of the advertising from the 90s reminded me of what we do. And there's a lot of humor in that. And I recognize it. I designed both the idea of the collection and the way in which I would see it marketed. Um, I'm the dedicated and gnarly customer. I love clothes and the things that I, other people make, but also my taste and the direction I tend to go in bold and a bit funny. Clothes are important. I love them, but I want to be having fun doing it. So far, it's been great. The people here are friendly. I just being love being in Italy is something I really enjoy doing a lot. So interested to see how this develops. But again, um, just to kind of put out, I think that's some archive footage here to see some bits and pieces. Um, it's going to be dropping sometime next week, I guess they're saying here. So let's continue and kind of give my kind of um, you know review. So um, I've no, I've made no secret about how much I fucking hate Palace, right? I detest the brand because of my one fucking measly experience bumping into the founder themselves and think he's a bit of a cunt. And I've never worn the brand since then. So my bias and my um, my hate for the brand to one side. This is a really good. This is a really good hire. No, no word of a lie. This is a really good hire. Um, Fila has been languaging and suffering and dead for a while. The same way that Reebok has, the same way that Umbro has been in terms of sportswear. No one's really checking for Fila in any may in any really meaningful way. They might be able to drop a couple of retros here and there that kind of galvanize people, that kind of spark interest. Um, the first thing that I think of when it comes to Fila and what they've done in recent years, I can think of was maybe a collaboration with Gosha Rojinski. I don't know if you guys remember him but he did a couple of pieces when he was um out here kind of pushing his stuff and whatnot and that kind of was like a big thing and that kind of brought Fila back for a while and then the other thing that I remember Fila being um kind of back in the culture and spoken about highly was the disruptor shoe I don't know if you guys remember that that disruptor shoe that was popping around like what 2017 2018 19 I don't really sure what year it was but there was a period in time where every hipster girl in London especially Italian and Spanish girls loved this fucking Fila disruptor one of the worst probably one of the most ugliest shoes ever known to man but somehow this fucking shoe kind of you know caught the imagination of young um girlies in london or major major cities um within the western europe or western world and they seem to fucking love these but apart from this no one else really kind of speaks about feeler which is really unfortunate because if you think about feeler and you think about their rich history the fact that they're obviously a hundred plus year old sportswear brand the fact that they have an incredible archive of stuff they have a loads of history within basketball they have loads of history within running they have loads of history within sports where there's obviously the tennis angle um what else i was thinking about there's obviously the the the, the era i can think of around maybe like the 90s and stuff when i forgot what the genre is called but there was a particular kind of brand of electronic music in spain i wish i could remember the name of it it's really fast the tempo is like 140 bpm or something or maybe it's kind of in valencia or something but there was an era around that time where that music was really popular and a lot of the kids in that scene would wear a lot of feeler tracksuits whatever it may be shoes t-shirts hats all that good stuff so there's a lot of ties with feeler when it comes to that 90s rave kind of dance scene and whatnot sportswear tennis um obviously rock climbing and outdoor acg type of stuff there's a lot of archive things in that so i'm pretty sure if you go into the archives at feeler and you really dig through and you have the ability to kind of you know open the fucking library over there and kind of pour open and pour over all the books and the old fucking catalogs and videos and advertising bits and pieces you could actually put together a really good collection and considering feelers coming from doing absolutely nothing in the last few years he doesn't need to do much you know the the kind of scope to be a success at feeler isn't that 
you know, it, it's not that difficult of a job to not get right because they've been languishing in a state of irrelevancy for a while. So if you're able to put together a decent set of tracksuits, a decent collection sort of tracksuits, a decent jacket, uh, you know, some, some decent footwear comes out from it, it's going to completely galvanize and revive that brand, um, you know, easily. So I can definitely understand what's happening. And this also makes sense as well because recently I felt like, Again, I don't really check for Palace stuff anymore anyway, but the stuff that I have seen, especially the collaborations, has felt really tired and really boring and really uninspired. So maybe if you are a fan of the brand, this is actually a good thing because this might actually get them to be a little bit more inspired. It might kind of spark a bit of creativity in them to try and kind of revive the brand and bring it back into some level of relevancy again because they've kind of suffered because of maybe of their success maybe because their expectation level i'm not really too sure but it hasn't necessarily been the same as it was in the past so i think if anything again my hate for the brand itself to one side um i do think this is a really good appointment and i think it will be a success if anything it's a real shame that they had to you know they couldn't just figure it out themselves it kind of shows you just how clueless a lot of these brands and these big companies are even though they have all this rich history you know they've been in the game for a while they don't really know what to do and how to kind of you know um, tap into the current zeitgeist and talk to the kids and kind of make stuff that people want they just don't know how to do it so maybe if you go out there and you tap into some of the hottest brands out there that have the biggest customer base that know what they're doing maybe they have a better understanding of knowing how to kind of you know take the stuff that you already do and kind of just you know um, highlight it and elevate it as certain level because i'm sure most of the stuff that's going to be designed is already stuff that's already existed in their archives and they're just going to you know do some extra touches sprinkle some of their magic on it and then of course represent it in a modern way and then bob's your uncle granny's your aunt so i can go from you know the activations to the campaigns to the you know the videos to the marketing material to maybe some of the behind the scenes stuff we'll see it's all going to add to elevate and take feeler onto the next level so i'm definitely sure this will be a success feeler plus is definitely going to be a success um but you know me with my um you know self-imposed boycott of anything associated with this guy in palace i'm never wearing it but i do think it's going to be a success and it's going to absolutely do really fucking well and if anything this might be a wake-up call for brands like reebok for brands like umbro for brands like puma to get their fucking act together and actually hire somebody who can maybe revive their brands too this might do it this might do it. Big up. Um, also, Richard. Burberry Daniel Lee issues a low profit gain due to slow sales due to luxury slowdown. Maybe it's the prices and designs. Daniel, not looking good for Burberry. It's sad. Bring Ricardo back and make Aunt Naomi. <laughs> yeah, I'm. 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 I'm more than happy to see Daniel Lee's demise. I'm not gonna lie because I believe he did say what he said to that young lady during his time at Bottega Veneta about calling her a black bitch or something along those kind of lines. I believe that happened. I don't believe that was a lie. I don't believe that was a rumor made to kind of make him look bad. He's not that important. He's just some random dude that designs clothes. No one fucking knows who he is outside of people that are into fashion. So the idea that people would make up this contrived lie to make him look bad is dumb. I think he did say it, but I think because he's so valuable and he's so quote unquote talented and he had a name, people swept under the rug, which is really annoying because I'm not really for cancelling. I don't really like cancel culture. I think it's fucking lame, but 
please let the rules or please let the counterculture rules apply to everybody the same way. If some people don't get canceled for certain things because they're talented, also let that extend to other people, but it doesn't happen that way. Um, they kind of bend the rules and make exceptions and pick and choose for certain people based on who they like. And it's annoying, of course, because other people could never get away with what he gets away with. So he got away with it. Um, he didn't, you know, nothing bad happened to him. And then he basically went for Bottega Veneta, which is odd, isn't it? Right. The last, two or three collections at Bottega the one that he did in fucking Detroit the one that was hosted in fucking Bergheim were fucking shit absolutely terrible and now we know why because by that time Matteo Blasi had already left uh, Blasi had already left and some other people already left too behind the scenes because no one liked Daniel Lee and didn't like working with him these are white people too by the way not just black people white people that worked with him didn't like working with him and they left that obviously explained why the collections were terrible he fucking got fired or no he got, he got sorry he got let go or fired whatever happened and he walked straight into Burberry. That was like a good wake-up call of like, fuck, bro. In fashion, they really do pick and choose, isn't it? They really do pick and choose who they decide, you know, guess what and guess whatever. Because he didn't, he was not even deserving of getting that Burberry job. Even though Ricardo Tichy did a terrible job before him, he had no business walking straight into Bottega Veneta doing a poor job there and then walking straight to Burberry. And obviously now the Burberry thing is kind of dying. Um, maybe it's just the prices because I think the clothes are actually quite good. I'm not going to lie. As much as I don't like Daniel Lee as a person, I think the clothes are actually quite good. He's actually designing probably the best he's designed in recent years at Burberry. But the prices are just, they're obscene, bro. The prices make fucking Celine look like Stussy. <laughs> the prices make, sorry, the, the prices make Phoebe Philo stuff look like fucking Stussy. The prices are fucking crazy. And I don't know why they did that. Maybe it was brand positioning. Maybe they went to come in with a big bang and remind people that, hey, we're back. Here's, we're going to price a fucking a trench coat at 10 grand or something. I don't know. But it was a dumb idea. It was a dumb decision to do, man, honestly, because it kind of really sullied the taste of people liking that fucking brand. You know what I mean? It kind of made people like not be Because I remember the collection came out. Everyone was hamped. It was, I was pumped, myself included. Then when everyone found out what the prices were, like that fucking duck hat I wanted, that little duck beanie was like three grand or something. It's like, are you having a laugh? You could probably get a dupe of that made by some lady somewhere in a village in England on Etsy for like 50 pounds if you wanted to. You could probably get some woman, some mum somewhere, you could get her to probably knit you that duck beanie, you know, as a dupe, you know, made with love, right? Made with care with a little handwritten note sent to you from Etsy for way cheaper than that. So I don't know, man. I don't know. What do I know? I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways. That has been the Agostino Zynga Show episode number. I think it's like 738 or something. I don't know what it is, but whatever the episode is, that has been the episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a pleasure to have your company. We're talking about all the stuff we're talking about. It's always a pleasure when we're here debating, talking, having a good time, cracking jokes and all of that malarkey. If you've enjoyed the show and you're listening to this via an audio podcast and you like what you hear, you hear what you like, please make sure that you click the links in the description down below. You leave me a five-star review on all the fucking podcast cast apps. That'd be much appreciated. If you're watching this via the YouTubes, of course, like the flipping video, that would also be appreciated. And, and you'll find links to all my social media feeds and all that malarkey in the description as well. 
but for those of you that have been watching please enjoy i do appreciate it if you're listening via the audio podcast you will hear my tune today for those of you watching via the video side of it my tune today is max b porno music 2 free max b by the way but my tune today is max b porno music 2 it'll be playing on the audio side of the podcast if you listen to it after the fact if you're watching you won't it'll go to gray or go to black sorry not to gray and i'll see you guys again very very soon for now take care Double RT, property cost a grip. Tea time, two o'clock. Shot in the bar, three. Fresh out the country club. Fresh out where the stars be. Read it all, kept it fresh to your doors. I was always worried, daddy, you leave me for hoes. Damn, damn. Then that we said, did you leave me for a tour? Had a day with lunch and savor. Damn, I forgot to mention. Hey, baby. Call me Tootsie Pop. The center of attention made me come in and serious. Said she missed the period. Tipping the thousand, get you the husband experience. Money well spent. I came in this retro valley. Places Stefano Richie. Shades in my Louis Skelly. Climb on top. She put her lips on my tongue. She busting up when I ate the pussy. This bitch getting strong. I got her legs on top of so there's ain't no way to run We lay together We pray together Uh-uh-uh Baby, I'm trying Public places, she baby, she love to do it Tamper with different mixes, sample the different bitches Told me don't cut the corners, I'm ample with quicker fixes One of a kind, one of a kind Existentialist, wrote letters inside the walls I sealed them and sent the kitchen Bottle of Perignon, her body just like a funnel Drinking it from her toes, I'm thinking let's make a puddle Love when we made a mess, I'm thinking let's make a movie These coppers is up to something, these niggas they trying to do me Models, I had them all, lobsters and caviar Scallops and truffle butter, her mama she had me call Hey ma, know the bitch they fly Niggas shoot up and come to play when it's game time I got the camera, she finger fucking on the FaceTime Yeah, let's do it now, I don't wanna waste time Yeah, baby I'm trying